comes a one-two pitch. Welcome back to episode two of Sox Fan Pod. I am here joined by Nick and Charlie. We are Caesarless today, um, but he'll be back for next episode. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded episode one. It went great, pretty short, um, but we've got Zoom Premium now, so we'll be going uh, for more than 45 minutes. Um, and yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So. I'll get it started with Charlie. Just give me your thoughts on what is on every baseball fan's mind right now, which is the pitch clock, which is really prevalent in uh in the sure. game right now. Sure. So, I mean, my personal opinion about it, um, speeds up the game definitely for sure, which could be a plus in some people's eyes. But personally, I kind of like the slow game. I like the pitching, the pitcher staring down the batters. I like pickoffs. Um, however, you know, like I said already, it will shave the shave the game time down from, you know, around three hours, 30 to less than three hours. So uh, I don't know. There's not much to be said about it. I mean, it's definitely going to be a huge effect on the players and how it's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, how they react to it and how they adjust to it for sure. Uh, Nick, do you got any thoughts about that? Yeah. First of all, I think it's great that baseball is making national headlines in February that, that hasn't happened since the Astros cheating scandal. I think it's important to, to note that, you know, last um, yesterday in the spring training games, there were seven games. The longest game was two hours and 54 minutes. And the shortest Damn. game was two hours and 15 minutes. So wow. if, you, if you watch the game, there is a major difference in terms of the speed of the game. So MLB, they're getting what they want from this in terms of the execution I don't know if you guys saw Ryan Fitzgerald, Fitzy, his Twitter thread the other day when he was talking about that. He was yeah. Game. yeah, he was talking about playing. Hold on, let's let's pull it up. Let's let's read it. But he was basically saying that he didn't feel like it was well executed in the game because the clock started as soon as the catcher caught the ball and not as started when the pitcher would get the ball. Um, I mean, it's just like I I think players need to adapt because it's like. You can only complain about the rules so long before, you know, it sort of gets to the point of like, all right, we got to make an adjustment now. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm going to read this. Ryan Fitzgerald at Rye Ride, this guy too wise, tweeted, we played with pitch clock in AAA for the 2022 season. I never felt rushed and I saw less than 10 violations over 150 games. After playing in today's game that ended in a tie, I've never felt more rushed to get in the box. The clock this year is not the same as last year. For the record, I like the pitch clock. The one today felt fast. When he was asked what the difference was, he said, honestly, not sure. My guess is it has something to do with the person running the clock. They're quick starting it before the pitcher actually has the ball. I mean, it's been – I don't love that because it's been – we've had, what, two games of spring training? I mean, there's a – I tweeted this, actually. Um, I was like, there's going to be a learning curve. And if you don't embrace that learning curve and let there be a couple mistakes, let there be a couple of awkward moments, then we're, are we just going to complain about this for the rest of the season? Like, no, we, we got to, maybe it's a couple seconds faster, but these people, these umps are learning it as they go too. And I actually think guys that have been in AAA have a little bit of an advantage because they've already felt it. They've already used it. So I'm, I'm a, I like the pitch clock. I think that it, it speeds up the game in a natural way. I think that it looks pretty good. The pitchers aren't having issues with it. The hitters are. And 
I don't think anyone expected that because if you look at it, there were like three violations and they were all against batters yesterday. On top of that, I think think spring training, I mean, the games don't count for anything. So I think right now would be the perfect time for people to get over that learning curve versus it having, you know, versus it being opening day and people are screwing it up and stuff. So like Fitzy, he's complaining, but, you know, it's it's a good time to complain versus a month from now, you know. No, I totally agree. Like you got to this is the time to to get all that out because, you know, come April, these games are going to mean something and these strikes are going to mean something. But for now, I mean, all these people are freaking out. It's going to get better. If it didn't get better, then the game wouldn't work. And it, it already is working. And I think that I think that we'll see a, a pause. I think I think there's going to be a really positive difference. I'm I'm really excited for it, actually. Lou Merloni made a really good point. First of all, Lou Merloni and Mike Monaco, like, dream that's, team. That's dude. the duo Nesson needs to hire for every game. All one six. I like Monaco and Uke too. That I, I, yeah. they're so Monaco, Uke, Merloni. That should be the three. Not not to get on a crazy tangent, but Merloni made a really good point during the the broadcast of yesterday's game, saying, "Imagine you're the pitcher and you just see the clock hit five, four, three, and you're like, oh shit, now we gotta." You know, go, I think pitchers going to have the you know biggest adjustment. But, you know, for hitters to be alert eight seconds and then they can't look back, I mean, it, it's going to be a long learning curve, you know, and I just know this is going to be a conversation that's going to drive me nuts when the, the season starts. Charlie, We're sorry to stand. interrupt. Charlie, behind you. Grand Slam Tampa. Yeah. Tampa? Yeah. they're watching it, man. That's good thing. Jacob Webb. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Ground out, walk, 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 homer. Too bad these games don't even count. <laughs> For what it's worth, the Red Sox are undefeated in the first seven innings. They were seven in games with the three and L. Well, going going back to uh, what we were talking about earlier with all these changes of the games, like bases getting bigger and then pitch clock coming into effect. I saw a, a video of, of Goose Gossage getting interviewed and asked about all the changes and, and all those old guns uh, like him. He is not a fan of all the changes of the game. He thinks, you know, it should go back to regular old 1990s baseball. Uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts about it. So, you know, it's it's definitely new and it's something to something to look forward to. But as the season goes on, I definitely do want to hear your y'all input about if we if you wanted like this way or if you wanted it, you know, back in 2012 baseball. I might be mistaken, but like in the seventies, when guys like Gossage were playing, games were much faster already. Like this is like, if you look back at the times, it was already very fast in the seventies and early eighties. And then it just has gotten longer recently. Like, I don't know what you want here. Like they're trying to appease to a your audience. That's going to not going to want to sit through a whole baseball game. I am not going to, you know, wail and cry about half an hour of just sitting there and watching nothing. So I don't think that this is, I, I really don't think it's as big a deal as people are expecting. Like you're getting these crazy overreactions of legitimately one day of baseball. And it's like, like a lot of these changes, you don't even notice like the bigger bases. I, I could not care less. I don't even, I don't see them. Like it's not going to be, people are already freaking out about things like that. Like, Oh, there's going to be so many, so much stealing, so much pickoffs. Like, no, no, there's not. You're going to, you're not even going to notice in the end, I think. Well, uh, another thing with that, uh, with the with the uh, the shot clock, if you will, as it's winding down with the, like three two seconds left, um, you know the base runners could get a nice jump on it because you know pitchers kind of have to go. 
Uh, so that was another thing to, to take into consideration with uh, stealing ba bags and getting more action on the field. Actually, one question that I, I was thinking of is if you guys had to pick, who's going to have the most stolen bases on the Red Sox this year? Because last year this team did not run and they did not run Wasn't well Vasquez at all. Wasn't the leading stealer last year? He's always the leading stealer. I don't know why. He just runs crazy. Him and Verdugo I, I, just... I'll say that, uh, I mean, I, if he gets enough attempts, I think Jaron Duran is that guy. He's a speedster. I went to the game, uh, I want to say last year, maybe two years ago, they were playing Blue Jays, uh, and he hit an inside-the-park home run, and it was electric. But he, he's he got some wheels on him. Just It just depends on if he gets playing time or not. So I just don't know what his role is going to be. Right. Like, like him, where's he starting? Where's, I mean, Sumi Dahlbeck starting in AAA first base. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of guys where it's like, what's the role? Like, we're already, you know, there was a uh, a column about discussing contract with Tanner Howe. Like, what is his role? You know, are you paying him as a starter or a reliever? I would probably say uh, if, if he's healthy, I mean, obviously it depends when he comes back. I'd probably be Mondesi. Yeah. Um, I, I'm with I you. Duran, you know, he's, you know, I'm not going to take, a lot away from one spring training at bat and say, Oh, his hands, he finally figured it out and he took the ball. The other. I'm not going to do that, but whichever one of them stays healthy, he's going to be one of the two. Yeah. One thing about Duran that's interesting is people are talking about this like weird fifth outfielder role. Cause going to make the major league team. We know that he is deserving of that. And I think he should get a lot of at bats, but if we're looking at Duran versus Tapia, Tapia can also really run and has an interesting kind of ceiling. I think he has actually almost a higher ceiling than Duran because he hits the ball really hard. He just beats it into the ground. And if you can work work on that launch angle just a little bit, he becomes like an elite, like a legit elite bat. There's a really interesting YouTube video on him. Um, I think it's baseball bits or maybe it's Jolly Olive. It's Jolly Olive. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he does great baseball content. And there's just a lot of interesting data on Tapia. So I'd almost prefer Tapia rather than Duran at this point, um, just because I think his defense is going to be a little better. Uh, but I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on kind of that fifth outfielder role, because one of those guys is going to make the major league roster. Well, with Tapia, I mean, he's seen a lot more major league time than Duran has. So if anything, put Tapia in first. And if he starts struggling, then try out Duran. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you do you think one of them makes it? I I not not at the start, but maybe I, they I personally to... don't think either of them will make it to start. Mm -hmm. We're only I, rolling yeah, four outfielders. Do. I think you use Ref Snyder. I need a guy that can play a little bit of center because can Ref Snyder play center? Uh, no. But then I think that's why you have like. Uh, I don't know. I think that's why you have like a Kike at second or short. You're able to move him. Uh, I mean, Duvall, I just... Duvall last year, if you look at his numbers when he was playing in the corner outfielder center, it is astonishing how you know much better he is when he's a corner outfielder. So I'm not like very set on him being an everyday center fielder for the whole Unfortunately, season. Unfortunately, I think that that's what we're, I think that's what we're looking at because Verdugo is a dreadful center fielder like horrible center fielder and i'm very Duran worried about him in right field that's going to be an adventure i'm worried about anybody in right field i'm almost like put yoshida in right like let's just give him a chance to try and fail out there i mean we've seen much worse out there and verdugo just i am not high on verdugo coming on to this year i haven't really been high on verdugo at all i think that his just 
He does not have a swing built for Fenway, and that defense is just such a concern. The outfield defense could be a little wild this year because even Duran and Tapia are going to be really questionable defenders out there, even with their elite speed. They just take really bad routes. Verdugo is frustrating, too, because he has all the potential. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing all the people saying how, you know, Verdugo, you know, he he needs to take a big step forward this year. And now this year he needs to take a big step forward. He's 27. You know, this is like the prime for most people. You know, if you haven't figured out at this point, like you you are who you are. And if, if, you know, he he's a tough guy, he plays through injuries. So I give him credit for that. But, you know, he. I don't want a guy out there who, you know, is going to be playing hurt all the time. And going off what you said, Nick, he, he's been playing with injuries. I mean, I, I heard Verdugo or I read that Verdugo was saying he's been playing for injuries for the past, you know, two, three years. Uh, and this year he said he's perfect to go. So, you know, he's all ready. He's, he's, he's good to go. So I think this year is the real test for him because if there's nothing holding him back, like no injuries and, and no nothing like that, if he doesn't perform, I don't know what to do with him then. I'm I'm totally with Charlie here. He's got he's got one more year for me. Like looking at him, I'm no, like this is I mean next year is his free agent year. Yep. This is make or break. Two years of control, right? Like like this year and then next year is free agent. His free agent year. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, if 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 you were at I if we're at the deadline and this team is mediocre, like needs a culture shift just in a similar situation to last year, kind of hunting for the wild card spot, and Verdugo's hurt playing bad just very average and we have some other guy some outfield prospect duran tapia's having a good year trade for dugo honestly go get a controllable young arm i would not be opposed to moving Verdugo at all not right now because we just don't have the outfield depth for that but like i think that we could explore i don't even want to talk extension with Verdugo. well i put po- i posted a poll on our twitter which got like 15 votes which is a new record um and a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll give him 100. I'm like, no way. I don't want to give that guy an eight-year commitment. I don't see him for... getting more. I, I see. think he's like, if he has a really good this year, he'll be in the Benintendi range, the five for 75. Benintendi's a good player. He's got to really step up the defense and hit 300 at that point to be a Benintendi Another thing about Verdugo, too, is if he doesn't perform in Boston, like imagine him in like Kansas City or – I'm trying to like Pittsburgh, like that attitude would just not fly there. He'd be way more of like a culture cancer than he would have, uh, you know, like a less fucking go guy. He's like, I mean, I think he's likable, but I don't think he's like, I wouldn't necessarily call him a team leader. They, they, did you guys see that thing with, uh, with Kike where, where one of the Castiglione reporters was like, do you have the credibility to be, uh, it was his son. Joey, you're you're cutting out a little bit, but it was uh it was Duke Castiglione, and he asked him, uh, does Kike have the resume? And Kike ended up, you know, he, he poked fun at it on Twitter, and then like a week later, he's asked about it, and he said like that guy needs to be a weather reporter or something if he if that's what he thinks. Uh yeah, I'll 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 talk about ice. I don't know, Kike. Like, you don't need to be the best player on your team to be a leader. Like that's never been ever been the case like you look at like i don't know i'm trying i'm trying to compare it and i'm com- looking at other sports and really the best players on the teams have also been leaders when you look like an edelman pedroia brady uh marcus smart but you know smart for example never been an all-star right kike never been an all-star but mm-hmm. 
you've got those intangibles that can make you a leader. Like, why? Okay, he makes an all-star team or he doesn't. He's going to be on the roster the whole year. So does it really affect me whether he's an all-star or not for him to be a leader? No. And going back to Verdugo, I mean, if we were – if the Red Sox were considering about trading him, uh, personally, I think he would thrive in those Pittsburgh or or Kansas City because the pressure's so off. You know, Boston's Boston sports fans, they don't hold back. If you're bad, they'll let you know that you're bad. So I think I Verdugo be, likes it. What? I think Verdugo likes it. You you think he likes the, the – I think he loves it. I think yeah, he feeds well, off the energy, negative or positive. I just think he enjoys it. But I don't – I mean – is a he's been an extremely average player up to this point, and we need him to be to be I think like a one ten WRC plus guy with at least league average defense to even consider kind of holding on to him past twenty twenty four. But another thing that I wanted to bring up, which is another interesting topic, a lot has happened since we last we last uh, had a podcast. Tristan Costas's nails are a. Uh, Topic of discussion in Boston sports media and WEI hates it. Um, and I just, uh, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was funny. I thought that it was very lighthearted, but some people are like, wow, this is an issue. And then Catillo comes out with his pregame routines are an issue. And, you know, has had connections with Casas. I wanted to hear, uh, Nick, is this a surprise to you? Or are you uh, just, what are your thoughts on this? To be honest, I don't really give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I like that he's, he's he's comfortable in his own skin. He's always been very confident. I know that last year there were um, a couple veterans who some are still here, some are not, who were not happy with his pregame routine. Um, Gotta be Pavetta. Gotta be Pavetta. Is, there were a couple that are happy, a couple were not. Um, with his pregame routine and told him that if he's going to be doing it, like, I'll give you an example. Do you guys remember when Mike Napoli would do that before the game? Okay, you got to look up the videos. Mike Napoli would always do the same thing. He would take his shirt off, and, you know, Tristan does it because he thinks it's going to help him perform better. Napoli did it because he wanted some 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 sun, some vitamin D, if you will. So, uh, but Napoli's also an established veteran. So, I mean, there, there's such a difference between being a veteran and a rookie in this league. So, if you're, like, I don't really care, just – you know, I just don't want to cause any any drama on the clubhouse, you know, and with there's not going to be anything with his nails. If he paints his nails, who cares? Yeah, nails and pregame rituals, whatever. He went 0 for 2 with a strikeout and leaving a man on base today. So and obviously it was the first the spring training game. Yeah it, was, yeah, it was the nails, but it was the first spring training game. You know, I was really, you know, trying to get a hit out of him. I was, I was looking for a hit out of him, but didn't really perform and like I said there's no red flags yet just due to the fact that it's the first game but you know I think just focus on your hitting you know don't really ca- I don't really care about the nails I don't care about the rituals just try to hit the ball. it literally it literally means nothing <laughs> yeah yeah it, well it, it 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 literally means not I mean I'm with Nick here it literally means nothing but people are like if it's going to be an issue in the clubhouse like first of all the the vibes for last year's team was awful like I was did not think that team was fun or energetic. I thought that they did not make each other better, kind of like in a actual game sense or like they, no situational hitting or anything. They didn't really pick each other up. But like, this is creating for any reason. Like, 
chill with that. Like, obviously, like, 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 said that there were going to be changes, um, and that there were changes, and I thought that that was interesting, kind of directly saying that we don't necessarily think that this is going to work, and he's so young and he's so early in his career. I just don't want. I don't care how stupid the controversy is. I think that it's stupid that he's in any controversy. But again, I don't want him in issues with any players because that's going to hinder his ability. Fix your sound. I don't know what's going on. Should I, should I take off the AirPods? Just make it you work. Can try it. I don't. Well, while yeah, while we're talking about you know new guys coming up and new guys coming in. Uh, let's talk about Yoshida for a second, shall we? So he uh he stroked a nice double today on a three two count, right? Uh, oh. I I I took some notes on that at bat. I, I will say he looked very patient in his first at bat. Uh, he you know he he got fooled with a changeup, honestly, maybe a couple times, but uh ended up putting the barrel to the bat and him stroking a double, which is what you love to see out of a new guy. I want to ask uh stroke what, what you guys thought? Say it again. Stroke the fuck out of it. Dude, it looked like it was gone for at first. It looked like it was a home run. I thought it was a pop out. Yeah, well, I mean, the announcer said, like, yeah, he's, they're pretty sure he missed the barrel of the bat, but it still kind of flew. So he's definitely got the pop for the homer. I just – I cannot wait for number one. His swing is weird for – he has a weird swing for Fenway. Like, he could be – if he's an oppo taco guy, like, give me that all day off the monster. But right field in Fenway is – only Franchi Cordero can can touch right field in Fenway. Well, I mean, if you look at uh, some other Japanese players that came over, they they kind of have a similar swing. They have a hitch with their front leg. Uh, you know, Shohei smacks the hell out of the ball. He pulls it all the time at Angels. Uh, so, you know, I think it's still too early to call with how Yoshida will do at Fenway, but I got high hopes on him for sure. We, like, we need him to be good really, really badly. Like I know Charlie was like in, in a in our last episode, you're like, I'm willing to give him a year to adjust. I'm willing to give him a year to adjust, but that would suck if we don't get a good year out of Yoshida. Like that's gonna be really detrimental because we need his bat in the middle of the order so badly. Because otherwise, then I just I just don't know what's gonna happen with him. Nobody needs him to be better than Hyde. And plus, I'm really excited to see Team Japan. I think we talked about this last time, but Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic, where you have the outfield of Yoshida, Suzuki, and Nupar, that is going to be an electric trio. Lars Nupar. No, there's another Japanese Lars Nupar. There's another Japanese player who's who's supposedly like the next big thing. He's hitting Ooh. he's hitting absolute moon bombs. I don't know his name. Yeah, though. he hit one off Darvish. The, the he, guy with yes. whose name starts with an M, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is, but Miyaga, Haroya Miyaga, is that it? I don't know, but I'm excited to see him in the. Wait, no, he's a he's a pitcher. Never mind. There's Roki something. He's a pitcher. And then there's Munitaka Marikima. Yes, some some shit like that. He's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a lot of pop, and I'm I'm very. Twenty-two, he hit like fifty-six bombs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm excited for the day when the Red Sox have an all Japanese team. <laughs> Honestly, like, I think that we're gonna start seeing more. I think baseball is growing. I think we're gonna start seeing more and more like, kind of international guys come over, which is really exciting because it's so fun. Like, in a way, like not getting to see these guys grow up through the minors, it's like a, a brand new guy, like a shiny new toy that you've just never seen. And then you're you're gonna come over, and they they could be elite and just out of nowhere, and and like Shohei and and Suzuki and any of these guys, but. 
there's just so much that we that we don't know I, on the international thing on the international baseball topic nick you are hitting world baseball classic right i am i am arizona and florida so are you going to are you going to all the games no i'm not going to all of them i'm going to do the prelims in arizona and then once the tournament starts i'll be in florida oh, yeah. so you'll be at the finals i assume correct sideline reporter well, i won't be reporting i'll report in this pod <laughs> are you are you like is this just who are you doing this for? Like, who is myself? Oh, oh, this is just a this is just a personal thing. This is a Nick Yulian self journey. I really, really want to be. I mean, if you want to fund a Joey Girigo self journey out to Florida, I was just there. I mean, I didn't hit any spring training, but that would be. Is it at? Is it at? Is it in St. Pete or is it at Marlins Stadium? I think it's Miami, right? So the. Uh... <laughs> Arizona, it's it's at the Diamondback Stadium in Phoenix. That's a sick stadium. Yeah, going Shit. back to your uh, going back to your your World Baseball class, I got I got a good little comparison about your new shining toy. It's like you know you're you're at a bar, right, and you keep going with the same girl because you see the potential in her, right, and she may not be what you want right now, but you know a couple years when she develops, fills her body well, you know she'll be a ten. And then this just smoking 10 just walks into the bar. Who do you go for, right? It's a new toy. That's what the World Baseball Classic is going to be for me. <laughs> Wait, so so what's the comparison? So how are you – what are you comparing this to? I'm comparing prospects that are in the system developing. Oh, First oh. Yoshida. Okay, because like Yoshida's already developed. He's already been oh, there. He's, he's filled in that body. He's the ten. He's the he's the already ten. Yeah, he's the he's the okay. smoking ten. I'm I'm so excited. I I think Team Japan is gonna be fun. I think Team Mexico is gonna be fun. Um, Dominican's gonna be ridiculous. But I I mean Team Czech Republic. I don't know if you saw the interview with their team. It's like all like accountants and like high school teachers. It's hilarious. <laughs> they have uh, one... team, team Israel is going to be electric just because of their coaches. Is Ian Kinsler manager? So he's the manager, and then their assistant manager is Brad Osmus, and they have Kevin Euclid as the hitting coach. I knew they had Euclid. I knew they absolutely had stacked. Ian <laughs> Kinsler, my least favorite 2018 Red Sox player of all time, right there. They also, I'm pretty sure their outfield is. Uh, they have a sneaky wrong. good team. No, they do. They have Kevin Pillar, Red Sox legend, uh, Harrison Bader, and Jock. I'm pretty sure Bader's Jewish. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. The Bronx kid. I mean, oh. Bader's one of my favorite Yankees. Like, I was tweeting about this. I mean, I hate – obviously, I hate the Yankees. I just think the Yankees this year are so boring. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen on Twitter. Like, they do the thing where, like, they ask them the question every day. They have the worst social media presence yeah. ever. Yeah. It's horrible. So, I mean, it's like, what's if you look in the period? playoffs when they like, – they don't post – once they get eliminated to the playoffs, there's like a three week stretch before their next post. Red Sox, Red Sox social media is doing a good job with these dope ass graphics. For shout that. out Kelsey, she crushes it there. They have a great shout great out market. Kelsey. Shout out Kelsey. <laughs> that's a, that that's a like the mic'd up with Rafi Devers made my day. That, yeah, that yeah. Yeah, day, yeah, yeah, twenty seconds. He's so funny. Yeah, so that's not Kelsey. So I take back my shout out for Kelsey. That's Red Sox Productions, but the Mike Dove stuff has been fantastic. Like the Yankees, the Yankees don't do that. Like 
you just they, they do these things where they, it's like they when the players enter for spring training, they say what their favorite like movie <laughs> is, and they all say the same thing. And then DJ LeMahieu never answers; he just waves. At them. No, I think a couple people are like, hmm, I don't know. He's so dry. Like, yeah, but the Yankees also don't allow long hair or beard. So, what do you really expect from them? I just don't. I was, I was really hoping Donaldson was going to be the guy who just stopped it. <laughs> I, I feel like his like personality would be the one to do it. People don't talk about the fact that the Yankees, instead of signing Carlos Correa, they took on twenty five million dollars in. Josh Donaldson and eight million dollars in Isaiah Kiner Falefa in the and made their team trade. worse. Made their team worse in that trade for for Gio Urshela, and then they got Ben, and then they made they had a horrible deadline, miserable deadline. Traded Ken Waldachuk, who would be an elite, like a top level starter, yeah. for Frankie Montas, who they just well, Frankie's gonna have a really good year for them this year, of course. Who Frankie? He'll have a great year for them. Montas? Well, he isn't he getting out year. Yeah, not out for the, he's he's out for he's out for I think it's a season, Joe. Damn, that was a and F Ross is out for indefinitely, and like they just they they, they traded three prospects for Ben and Tandy who pay, played like eight games with them. Like, well, at the time, I will say you know they were trying to make a playoff push and they were trying to go deep. So Frankie Montas was the answer for that. I mean, I still think Frankie Montas is a great starter. I think he's a stud. Just His home of- road splits in Oakland were Awful. unbelievable. Awful. Were they? I haven't even. I haven't been checked. Like out. you know, he's like you know, he's Cy Young at home, and then on the road, he's fucking Red Sox Brad Penny. <laughs> he's he's opposite Hirokazu Sawamura, who had like a. 0.3 ERA away from Fenway. What's Sawamura up to now? Is he on the team? He's back in Japan. He's back in Japan. Good, back for, him. Good for him. I loved him. He was like, I, I loved him. He was so funny, and he just sucked every time he came out there. But I remember he, Jerry Remy really hyping up his splitter, his first spring training appearance, and it got me so fired up. <laughs> we got him for like $3 million. Like We got him for a decent deal, and he had a player option. We had an option for him for this year, but... He's gone, and that makes sense. I'm not mad at him being gone either. I think his days were done. He had a, he had some decent outings. I mean, I remember we we used him and and uh, and Brazier so much in that 2021 postseason run because we just went down eight like all the time to the Astros, and we just had to bring in our worst guys, and it was so infuriating because it's just splitter in the dirt, splitter in the dirt, splitter in the dirt, and then he gives you like the most disgusting splitter of all time. But it's ball four. It's like he he was he was that that's who he was, and it was it was that twenty twenty one team was uh they were they were really interesting. Twenty twenty one is in the past though, and I'm very excited for twenty three. Going back to Yankees real quick, I know I know we'll get off the Yankees topic pretty soon because I don't like talking Yankees either. But did you all see the uh, starter for yesterday that they had? Ryan Tyler Wilder. Danish. Tyler Danish started for the Yankees yesterday. He was so bad. No, he yeah, he's not a very good player, but I just thought I'd bring that up as a as kind of a, a fun little little, little Yankees nice pitching stuff. development. That was fun. That was fun. Ridiculous. They they can develop pitchers so well. Like they have that guy, I don't know if you're familiar with Greg Weisert. No? He's like he's this triple A reliever who they just brought up and he has like a 190 ERA and he has like an 18 inch slider. Like he's ridiculous. They brought Ron Ron Maranasio or something like out of nowhere and they just they, they just develop elite like 
they, they tra- Wandy Peralta out of like, yeah. like nowhere San Francisco, like back at their bullpen. And I just don't understand how they do it. Like Matt Blake over there in New York. Shout out to you. I respect the hell out of uh, New York pitching development. If I may, uh, Matt, Matt Blake used to be my pitching coach. So this wow. is a Matt Blake pro podcast. Where was he? Uh, where was your pitching coach? So it was in Mass. Uh, I want to say Sudbury, Mass. He ran this facility and he was the pitching coach. And there was this player on the the Red Sox at the time who was making his comeback who would always go before me. So he would have like him chucking like 94 bullets and then there's me chucking like 55. Uh, but yeah, Matt Blake, he started out, he like, he did it. Like he grinded. He was a scout for years for the Yankees. Then he got an opportunity to be an amateur coach in addition to continuing his work as scout. Um, and then, you know, now he's pitching coach. Well, let's, well, let's, let's get Matt Blake on the podcast. Matt Blake on the podcast. I mean, we could, I don't know who we could actually get on the podcast, but we could definitely get a couple of low level, like, like minors players or Nick can bring us high. I'll get us high. We got it. We, we got it. Uh, that's game over. Um, no, this is good. We set the bar, set the bar high. I mean, I know he's been on, he's been on Catillo's podcast a few times. Like we can, he does, even Xander does podcasts. He, he was on Bradford's podcast. I mean, Nick here, he's got he's got all the connections. I'm telling you. Well, speaking all of Xander, speaking uh speaking of the Padres real quick, Manny Machado, eleven year extension, three hundred fifty mil. Let's talk about it. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just think the back the back end of that deal is just gonna go downhill. I I don't like obviously he's a stud and he will be a stud for the next, you know, three to six years, but after that, I think they're just exactly. locked into a guy that's three to six years, you have eleven more. Like the the Padres, what's going to happen is that they're going to be really good. They're going to win a World Series in the next three or four years. And it's going to be like, wow, this is perfect. And then you're going to have 40-year-old Xander, 43-year-old Yu Darvish, and 40-year-old Machado, like, all competing for, like, the DH spot. Like, their, their legs are going to fall off. And, like, I don't want to wish harm on Xander. Like, I love you, favorite player ever. But that was a horrible contract. And they have such good infield depth. Kim, Cronenworth, Tatis, what are you – you don't need to, like, make all these ridiculous things, especially if Juan Soto, who you're not going to be able to pay, who they are going to get outbid by, which is just a fact. They're not going to get him back. I I, I think I, I'm probably more optimistic on Soto returning to San Diego because I think if you look at, like, Darvish's contract structure, he's taking significantly less his second year so that he's able to fit. But – it, I think it's funny because you look at like the Padres, Manny Machado gave a distraction. It's like, oh, that's going to be a distraction. Boom, 350 for 11 years. And the Padres, they've never won a World Series. So if you get, you know, realistically, you get six years of competitive baseball the next six years and you're able to get a World Series out of that. I don't like if I'm a Padres fan, I don't care what happens five years after. If we're, if we have a shot for it now. Let's go for it now. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're a team that's never won, you got, I respect that. I worry about their I worry about their staff a little bit because Darvish has been fantastic. He is getting old. Snell is so so. You've got Musgrove. Musgrove is good. Musgrove is really good. And then after that, they, they have Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo. That Don't is they have that, that prospect, uh, Adrian Morahone. Morahone. 
Mora home. There it is. He, I think he had the yips. I think he had issues. I'm gonna look him up real quick. Uh, Adrian. They also, Bro- they also got Jay Groom. Oh yeah, our, that beautiful Eric Hosmer trade. Yeah, 26 games, four two four. He's got electric stuff, but I don't know if he's. Geez, five eleven, two twenty four. Wow. Realistically, though, when you look at their their staff, they probably have nine guys who are able to start games because you got Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Martinez, Lugo, Waka, Groom, Weathers, and Waka, Waka. That's a good contract. Morahone, Morahone. I don't think Jay Groom can start. He's like a he's a mediocre reliever in AAA. Like, I was so I was so high on him. I think the Sox just walked off. I think what? the Sox just walked it off right there. I think it's Fitzy. Shout out Fitzy. The pitch clock works. Yeah, it was Fitzy. Red Sox. Hey, one on one. Dude, Matthew Lugo double and a triple. Five uh, RBIs. His 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 extra base clearing hit was. It was a bloop. It was a, it was like the A Rod like walk off against the Mets where it just dropped. Yeah. That's yeah, literally what it was. No, but the Red Sox, they're back, baby. We're, we're crazy. Sox and we, uh, sweet. Is there anything else we want to talk about? Or should we get into 20, 2022, relive the good old days? So, yeah, I think we should just we should just get to that. So, if any guys, we, we did, we kind of talked about this briefly in the end of last episode, but Nick had a, a good idea to um, kind of do a Mount Rushmore for every team for at every episode. We're all going to go around and give our favorite players, our best players, players you want to talk about from that team, because, you know, every year you just get new characters, new guys to talk about. So I'll go back to Nick here. He'll give his top four players um, for 2022, then Charlie, then we, I will. And then we'll just, we'll just talk about some uh, fun guys from a not so fun 2022. Go ahead. Well, I'll start. So I'm, I'm sure we all have Devers on the team. Can we can we agree on uh, on that? Check. Do any of you guys have a a favorite Devers moment from last year? Probably all the times that he like set like he would slide back to second and just like sit down, is like timeless. It's hilarious. I don't care. He hits some nukes. I I was I I I always got more excited when he just like lay down. That was so funny to me. For me, the only moment that really sticks out is that opening day bomb against Garrett Cole. Oof. I thought that that was our year when he first inning mashed it. Yeah, I remember. I only remember that and his. He had a grand slam against Baltimore. Those were sort of my two. I remember that. Yeah, kind of a Chuck, random. You got, you got a moment on Devers. I'm gonna. I don't. Was it the play? I don't remember what year it was, but I believe uh, defensively he he like fielded like kind of a routine ground ball and it popped up like and it was up there and then he caught it midair and threw it to first. I don't remember what year that was. I, it was either 21 or 22. But um, yeah, other than that, can't really recall any like special moments just due to the fact that it was kind of a shitty year for the Red Sox. So, yeah. All right, I'm assuming we're all going to have Xander on the list too. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Any of you guys got to? I'll, I'll start my my favorite Xander. I'll give you my favorite moment last year. Favorite moment in Red Sox his tenth year. Favorite moment last year was the last game he had the home run. Gave the Red Sox a lead. We beat Tampa in a you know big 
big meaningful series that was for us. Um, do you guys remember uh, his only tweet he ever tweeted? <laughs> you guys never heard about this? Okay. What is that? So if you if you're listening, I want you to to stop what you're doing and look this up. So Xander Bogarts, he downloaded Twitter and he literally tweeted one thing. And then it was uh, deleted. So this girl posts a picture of herself. Um, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find it and show you guys. Um, it's this girl in a thong, and this is the picture. It just shows her her butt in a thong, and Xander just posts L. <laughs> he put. <laughs> he just re- he's replied to it and said L. And that was his, his only only tweet that wasn't, you know, from someone else writing it saying like appreciate the gifts from authentic fans or whatever. I mean that's um, that's just deleted, dumb. Really. Yeah, he deleted it and then that's where the L celebration came from was from that tweet. Wow. Oh, or you know, Fortnite. More you know. I thought it was in Fortnite, like take the No, L. no, no. That's yeah. So it was around the same time as Fortnite, but it was because of that tweet with Xander <laughs> where you know, he sees a girl with like a, a flat ass. He's just like, "Bang, that's an L." <laughs> that Xander, he's a legend for that. I love that Xander. Man. I just, I liked his defense. Like, I just thought his D, like, he had. I thought it was always range. underrated. He 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 just Still he had is. Range overhated, range. very overhated. Yeah. Defensively. Yeah. Everything. I thought he's overhated in everything. I mean, I see all these tweets like, "Oh yeah, he wasn't actually good." Babbitt, Babbitt. Like, no, he was. He was the best. He was he the was dude, a captain. The dude consistently his, his was, was crazy low last year. But it's always it's like Tim Anderson. Like it's always ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, he beats the ball to the ground. He knows where to hit it. It's a skill, and sometimes he's gonna you're, you're gonna appreciate it. He hits a lot of double plays. Um, it feels like, but him and JD did not get a lot of clutch hits. But we'll go to we'll go to Nick's third. Yeah. So my. My third, real quick, final note on Xander. Career, 292 hitter in Boston, 1,410 hits, 156 homers. Legend, legend. Moving on from Xander, before I start tearing up. uh, This guy was the the literal only arm we could rely on for most of the season. And then we relied on him too much, and it really just wore him down at the end. But – John Shriver was just unbelievable last year. He led the the bullpen. If you if you take away Garrett Whitlock, who started most games, he had the most innings in the bullpen. Uh, he had the most strikeouts out of everyone in the bullpen. He was phenomenal. It seemed like every time he was coming in, he never gave up a bomb. He never gave up any you know big runs or anything. Um, and he was just so reliable and. You know, Red Sox added Wyatt Mills this offseason. He's got a lot of John Schreiber in him, and I'm I'm excited to see that. And John Schreiber's yell, too. When he runs off the mound and that yell, and you see it on the Red Sox Instagram, fires me up every time. So shout out John Schreiber. Welcome to the Nick Yulian Red Sox 2022 Mount Rushmore. I love John Schreiber so much. He's liked my tweet. He has liked a tweet of mine, and I just – it. it Grew my love for him exponentially. I think he's. What was the tweet? I it was his son being born, and I was like, "What you do you yell it? louder?" It was so random. It was like, "What do you yell louder for?" Like, 
your son's birth or like a big out or something like so random and he i'm not gonna lie that's a weird tweet (laughs) it was a weird tweet it was a weird tweet i'm not gonna lie weird you know now i want to find it but like he was he was so good for i I hate to break it to you but i know you're just in high school but when a child's born the dad doesn't necessarily yell (laughs) i know i know i know I'm, i'm figuring it out it was something it was something good it wasn't that weird the only time the dad would yell is if, you know, it's it's a white man, white woman, and the baby comes out black. <laughs> that would be surprising. But I gotta now I gotta find this. Because he liked it and I was just I was so him and uh Red Sox stuff, HVT liked it, and I was like, let's go at HVT liked my comment and it was it was great. Well, while you while you find that tweet, I'd like to say a few things about Shriver. Uh you know, I, I used to pitch in high school. I was kind of a stud. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I was a side armor like him. And it's nice to see some someone actually re- represent us who actually is a stud. Uh, you know, the numbers that he posted up, his slider moved so much. His fastball was just steamy enough to get guys a uh, little late on it. I mean, if if he can repeat or even get, you know, if he can repeat that 2022 year, I I'm I'll be the I'd be like a kid in the candy shop. He he's one of my favorite players on the Sox right now, and I absolutely love him. I hope Wyatt Mills takes a lot of notes from Shriver because absolutely when you look at them side by side, their release and how they their windup goes. I mean, it is it is almost identical. Yeah. All right, let's see this. Is this you every time he falls? Oh, oh, all right. So it's not him being born. It's not that weird. Read the tweet for the the people. Is this you every time he falls asleep? And then it's a gif of him screaming off the mound in a huge Astros game, which I remember watching. And if you go down, you got the like by HVT and you got the like by uh, John Schreiber. There it is. So, okay, so it's not you saying, like, was this you when he was no. <laughs> Much less did it. Let's go. <laughs> That's huge. Wow. And who's your, who's your fourth? Oh, geez. Who's your fourth? Uh, my fourth. This was uh, a tough one because I felt like there were a lot of people who were uh, deserving. And I know a lot of people are going to be heartbroken to find out that they're not making it. Uh, so my fourth one I have is Michael Waka. He was, yeah. we don't go into records that much. He was 11 wins, two losses. He had a 3-3 ERA. He pitched the second most innings out of any starter besides Pavetta. And he was just completely filthy i mean he was you know borderline all-star pitcher you know and should have been an all-star it very well could have and you know his advanced stats whatever the point is he didn't let up runs he didn't let up hits when you look at the the literal literal stats he had the the by far the best you know era plus the best fit whatever stat you want to look at michael waka absolutely uh was worth every penny that they paid for him in the offseason and hopefully Kluber becomes that guy this year as well. So yep. Michael Walker, welcome to the Mount Rushmore. Um, yep, I, I have to agree with you on that. I the, he was definitely my fourth player for for the Mount Rushmore as well. Uh, you know, Shriver put, too. With Shriver as well, I'm literally okay. looking at I'm looking at my notes. We were we were on the same wavelength right here. But uh, but that being said, you know I remember the beginning of 2022 and 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 seeing this guy on our roster, and I was like. All right, like not anything special. Like he'll post the you know, he was DFA from Detroit. Right, exactly. He you know, I thought he was a bona fide scrub, but then he he brings this 2022 season and and the numbers that he pumped out. 
I mean, this dude was electric and he definitely helped out our Red Sox team that, you know, was struggling at the time. He was so definitely a guys, bright spot. Mount Rushmore, number one. You guys have the exact same one. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm, player for player. See, for me, going for my fourth one, I got to go with a guy that was like flew under the radar, was like super valuable in spots when you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Jerry I he is like my least favorite player ever. Hansel he, Robles. I love Hansel Robles, the Undertaker. Oh, he was mm. he was so good in twenty one. But my fourth guy, Rob Ref Snyder, without a doubt, and his like one forty seven WRC plus, his ridiculous splits against lefties, his elite defense, that diving catch in center field with the Mariners. Another guy, minor league contract. People were you know trolling Haim for it. Excellent move was so valuable for us in a bunch of meaningless innings, but he had a nice little uh, walk off double, if I remember correctly. I think that was him um, at one point. And uh, yeah, Sox are uh, Sox are pretty lucky with Rob Refsnyder. He was never really had a average WRC plus until now, and he's been elite. Joey, let me ask you a question. Without looking, how many games do you think Rob Refsnyder plays in last year? Give me fifty-five. Okay, you're really close. Fifty-seven. Wow. <laughs> okay. Meaning that you know he basically played a third of the games. How but many games? Did, how many games did John Schreiber pitch? Uh, oh, I mean, uh, he pitched sixty-four, which is significantly more than fifty-seven. Okay, uh, fifty-five. But oh, wait, fifty-seven, fifty-seven. Well, yeah, he was a. Uh, that's he's like a. He's our reliever on the offensive side. He uh, he was a. He was a once every three days player, and uh, that has value. I think you got to You got to give the bench players some love. I mean, you know, I think if it was a season where the team was successful and did something, and you had a guy like that in there, I'd probably be be all over you for that. But for a team that was just miserable and hard to watch, having a guy that's fun to watch on there, I can I can respect that. I was going to say, honorable mention here, which I think would be fun for all of us, Cutter Crawford was our September ace. He was like, he had those five starts where he like was just ridiculous. And I like, I'm actually interested to see if he could have a little bit of a bullpen depth piece. I don't, I'm not quit on Cutter Crawford. I, uh, I liked what he did even with his, like, I, I looked at his ERA the other day. It was not great. Um, We don't have to say it, but it uh Cutter Crawford, respect him. Shout out Cutter. You uh you were solid for us. Yeah, no, his five four seven was 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 fantastic. Um my my shout out would probably um I, I would give two shout outs. One for Pravetta for just eating innings. And for the first couple months of the year, he was almost an all-star. There were there were talks about him. and then his last two starts before the break were just horrible. So uh you know, someone was going to have to eat that inning, and if if it wasn't him, we were going to have to call other pitchers up too early, which we would not have wanted to do. Uh, so, just for the fact that he was there and showed up to work every day and did an average job, I guess would, would give him an honorable mention for me. Uh, I will also give an honorable uh, a shout out to um, Alex Verdugo. He only played – he played 152 games. He only missed 10 games, hit 280. The home run wasn't there like you'd want it to be. 
the the power wasn't there. Defense was not there. He was a guy you could rely on to suit up every day. Played the most games out of everyone else. Uh, still had you know 166 hits. He had a good year, so it wasn't what people were expecting it to be. But if that's a guy like, imagine if Rob Refsnyder put up those numbers, we'd be, you know, we'd be going crazy right now about talking about him. So I'll give my my shout out to Verdugo. So honorable mention Verdugo and Pavetta. Verdugo and Pavetta. Okay, I am. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on Pavetta because when people say that they want Pavetta in the rotation over a guy like Brian Bayo or Garrett Whitlock, or James Paxton? Absolutely not. Nick Pavetta is such an average 4.5 ERA guy who's just, he had a he has a good month or so here and there. He's just, he's, he's a depth starter at best. I see nothing in him. I am a, I'm probably a Nick Pavetta hater. I don't, he's like my least favorite starter of one of our guys. He gives us innings, but I don't value innings eaters that much, and especially in a season where it doesn't matter. Like I don't value innings eaters at all for a team that's not trying to compete for anything, or for for a team that is trying to compete for anything. Innings eaters mean nothing. We're trying to win the game, so whenever. You, oh, okay, yeah, we agree like, then. Yeah, he's no. I'm on the same page as you. I don't want. I think a lot of times people living in the past about that extra inning game against was it Houston where he pitched the extra innings. Tampa, Tampa, and he was yeah, it was Tampa, and he was very good there, and. I view him as a long relief guy out of the bullpen where if someone gets hurt, you can slot him in for a start here and there. Um, Joey, you or Chuck, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll say my, my – I was going to say, Pavetta, I mean, personally, I yeah, I like you guys are saying, I don't think he's a great pitcher. However, the personality that he brings on the baseball field, you know, whenever he's storming off the field, screaming in his mid, just like talking shit to the other team – I personally love that side of baseball, kind of like the the Trevor Bauer, like your, the the breaking rules. Um, I I love that and the energy. The Trevor that Bauer break. Wait, wait, wait. The Trevor Bauer what? Well, like you know the Trevor the, Bauer. The, he broke a lot more than just rules. Is, all I'm saying, all I'm breaking. saying is like they're hyped and they show it. They show it on the mound. Like Trevor Bauer will like if he strikes you out, he'll let you know that he struck you out. You know. So same thing with Pavetta. If he has a great inning, he'll let you know that, yeah, he just shoved it in your face. So I personally like that effect. But All right, so I'm going to ask you guys this, because right now there are seven pitchers who realistically could be opening day in the rotation, uh, slot in to be Red Sox starters for this year. So I'm going to give you guys my five, and you let me know if, if I got any wrong of who I, I think will be in the rotation. So Sale. Kluber, Paxton, Whitlock, Bayo. Any, Done. any, Done. any Done. thoughts? Any, or we just that's it. Done. Beautiful. Also, I don't know if you guys saw, but that is COVID right now. So, so prayers. Still? For I thought Beto. he's back. Uh, I thought he was was out because he withdrew from the WBC. Yeah, I saw him doing a bullpen though. I think that that's only because he withdrew because it put him back, like in in the timeline. Um. But yeah, back on your back on your starters. That's exactly what I want it to be. Unfortunately, that's not what it is going to be. They're going to start with Pavetta on the rotation, which I just don't like at all. He's such a low ceiling guy. Like Nick, what, what was the rotation one more time? Well, what I want it to be is you have Sale, you have Paxton. Those are your two lefties. Okay, yeah, and then you got Whitlock, Bayo, Kluber. Okay, yeah, I like Good rotation. That, yeah. <laughs> That and then I think if you have long relief, you're able to have guys like Hauk and Pavetta and, oh, yeah. you know, maybe Cutter Crawford gets that last bullpen spot. Like, 
I like the bullpen, you know? And I, I agree with you, Joey. It's going to, it will be Pavetta. It's, it's, would it, would it's, it shock you guys if, if Bayo started the year in AAA? I would be so mad. I would be unbelievable. It wouldn't I would be pissed, but it would not shock me. Yeah. It would, it would, it would shock me. Honestly, like, I, I think that they would, they would put Bayo in the bullpen before they bring him back into AAA because, like, he is, I thought he was, Excellent. I thought he was so good. I I saw I see Ace in him. I don't see frontline. I see Ace in Brian Bayo, and I would be confused and disappointed if he did not if he was not a everyday. You know, he's I, I don't care if he's back of the rotation. Wh- whatever, he's got to start and he's got to be with the big league team because he's twenty three. I mean, he's not he's not a little. He's not like super underdeveloped he's he's thrown a lot of innings he's thrown a lot of efficient innings bayo and triple a would would annoy me would annoy the hell out of me i mean it would be great for the woo <laughs> go no, woo. Uh, bayo also like he had a sub three fit i'm gonna ask you guys a question he threw 57 innings last year how many home runs do you think he gave up well i want to eat your answer he threw it in the in the majors 50 57 57, 57 and a third Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm gonna say. Run. I'm gonna say six. He gave up one home run. Wow. There we go. There we wow. go. One home run the whole year. Ground right. ball pitcher plus plus stuff. Strikeout guy. Pedro's changeup. I'm. I. I haven't been higher on a Red Sox pro. Red Sox pitching prospect in so long. Like it's. It's ridiculous. He's our most exciting pitcher that we've had up since Clay Buckles. It feels like. <laughs> I mean, that, that being said, though, I mean, if they do start him in in Triple A, you know, it would be surprising. But at the same time, we don't want to rush this kid. You know, he he's gonna be good eventually. We just want to make sure that when we bring him to the major leagues, he he will be good versus a question mark like he was last year. I have a uh, speaking of Red Sox pitching prospects, I have to go on a quick rant. <clears throat> go right ahead. The Red Sox lost two pitchers in the Rule Five draft this year. Oh, boy. Bad Ward, number one to Washington. And Noah Song, I don't know what number, but he went to Philly. Bad Ward has gotten zero media attention from the Red Sox, even though he was the first guy gone. Now, let's remember, the Red Sox have a jam-packed 40-man roster. That guy's like Frankie Herman, DFA. He was our number 22 prospect in the system. I hated that, by the way. That was ridiculous, but... Yes, I agree. But that, like we're saying, we'd have to give up a roster spot. And a, no one, on, nobody's been talking about Thad Ward being on. What people are talking about is that Noah Song is going to Philly and Dave Dombrowski <laughs> leaves time bloom again and how we should never have let Dave go because he picked Noah Song. How did we do that? Tell you something about Noah Song. <laughs> this man literally, literally has not thrown a live inning since 2019. Seven games in professional ball. That is before the pandemic. He has not thrown a baseball. He said his velocity right now is 84 to 85 miles an hour. I don't know if you guys know this, but I play club baseball here and we face more than that. All right. He he's like, is this someone that we're going to be giving up a roster spot for? And, you know, we could never cut Brazier or Caleb Ward. So that means we're probably cutting another you know, top 25 prospect that's just going to go off somewhere else to make room for a guy who we don't even know can throw a baseball anymore. 
It is just an absolutely absurd take. I promise you that right now he's slated to be like on a very good Philadelphia Phillies team, right? Where his innings are going to matter. So he doesn't have time to figure it out. So my guess is he'll probably get released from the Phillies and then a team like the the Oakland A's or the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates or Detroit Tigers, one of those teams is going to pick him up and try to let him figure it out there where the games don't necessarily matter. But I, I am promising you, come May, he will not be in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. And this, this talk about Dombrowski fleecing Hein is just driving me absolutely crazy about Noah Song because he's right now, he has a better chance to be a Marine than he does to be a major league pitcher. Rant, rant done? Yeah, rant done. Okay. I am so glad you brought that up because a certain Red Sox reporter called this a colossal Red Sox mistake. And I don't think he totally understands. Shout out Pete. (laughs) Noah Song has to be on the major league roster the entire year. The entire year. All we're getting are bad reports. He says, my bullpen feels rusty. I feel bad. I'm throwing 84 to 86. And he's going to go and slot in next to Gregory Soto and Jose Alvarado pumping 101. No, he's going to, this is good news for the Red Sox because he's, he can come back and he's not going to be on the 40 man. We can throw him in Greenville like he needs to be not in Fenway because first of all, okay, maybe he gets his velo back. Is he going to go and face major league hitters? No, Noah song being picked in the first place was ridiculous because that's hindering their ability to go out and make a 40 man move or make an active like roster move because Noah Song is sitting here and I'm like I think the mo- person that was most surprised about getting drafted is Noah Song himself because now he's like wow I'm back from like the ocean to pitch for the Phillies like in a month I, I cannot believe that people are angry about this because him being picked was probably good for the Red Sox because now you don't have to put him on a 40-man spot and not just that it's he's he's turning 26 in May you tell me, the fourth like, round pick. He wasn't even. This like guy that. has a better chance of being. Uh, what was it Mark Appel from the for the Phillies? It was like a first round pick, and then all of a sudden he's he's a better chance of making it at age like thirty five than he does at age twenty five. You know, and in the Phillies, if you look at their bullpen right now, it's it's pretty set, right? Like they got Dominguez, Alvarado, Kimbrel, Soto. Uh, they got Strom, Connor Brogdon, Nick Nelson. So now you're adding an eighth arm there for. That eighth arm is going to be. Soto? Did you say Soto? I did say Soto. Yeah. I think the only one that I'm like, I think there's one I'm leaving off. Um, but whatever. So it's like they got the eighth or ninth guy is going to be Noah Song for a team that's willing to compete. And he's going to be going out there, you know, throwing 84 mile an hour, just, you know, down the dick fastballs. Like, good luck. Good uh, he, luck. He was and like, he had a. If, if, I was going to say, if there's there someone to be upset about for the Red Sox not having on that roster. Be upset that it's Thad Ward. But I'll also say, when is the last time the Red Sox have ever lost someone in the Rule 5 draft and fans have been like, fuck, you know, looking back on it? Rule 5 draft does not matter. And I guarantee, too, the people who are, you know, looking about Noah's song and saying, oh, man, I can't believe we lost this guy. I messed up. I guarantee you they just learned what the Rule 5 draft was, like, you know, like a month before it happened. That being said, though, 
That being said, I mean, didn't we pick up Lit- Whitlock from the Rule 5 draft? That's true. Yeah, but that's because the Yankees are really, really stupid. <laughs> true. true. But, no, up- I mean, that, it drives me absolutely crazy. This is our third year straight. We picked up some other dude um, from the Yankees in the minor league section. Yeah. Um, so he's not on the 40-man. But this is like our The Yankees chose Brett Gardner over Garrett Whitlock. <laughs> no, they chose, uh, they chose Brooks Krisky, too. Oh yeah, I'll see. <laughs> yeah. The wild pitch game on my birthday. Was that the one where Hunter Renfro hit the walk off to right? Yes, it was like the first Yeah, I was at that one. Yeah. I was at that game on July 22nd, my 15th birthday, and it was like the best thing ever. I was like I was like laugh. I was like crying real laughing tears cuz he would just get in and Oh, yeah, the Red Sox were down one in the ninth, and then I think it was like I'm going to screw the order up, but it was like Xander walked, pass ball, pass ball, and then like pass, pass ball. ball and he scores. Then there's a walk and it's like pass ball, ground out, sack fly, game over. It was incredible. I think it, I don't even think that there was a ground out. It went walk, pass ball, pass ball, pass ball, game tied. The last pass ball was a walk. He goes pass ball, pass ball, sack fly, game. That's it. Also, like, let me just say one last thing on the Noah Song thing. If he were to have still, if Red Sox were like, yeah, we want to keep this guy on the 40 man, that means one of these, you know, because obviously the Red Sox would never get rid of Razor and Caleb Ort. Also, shout out Caleb Ort for just, you know, letting up like three runs in one so inning. So bad. But he throws 101, like an elite 101 with a plus slider, and he just, he gets smashed. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, and like one of these guys would probably be DFA because he's probably going to be a pitcher. So would you rather have Noah Song or would you rather have one of these guys? Zach Kelly, Chris Murphy, Brandon Walter. That's really the list. That's really the list of who would be DFA. I will take all those guys every day of the week, twice on Saturday, then Noah Song. I'm going to see, has Song even pitched yet? No, it's just been one. So. What are they doing? Neither has Thad Ward. So are they going to, are they, I mean, they are literally expecting him with no experience at all to just go in there and tear it up. Like, I, I don't understand Dombrowski here at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really complaining, you know. <laughs> now, if the Red Sox were doing this, then, then maybe we'd have some issues, but. I'm just, I'm just happy that we, uh that we have our set 40 man. Shout out Yu Chang for getting a major league deal. Yep. Which was he, had a, he had a crazy offseason. I don't know how he didn't get I mean, Jorge Alfaro, I was happy with him on a major league deal. We got him on a minors deal. Yep. And then Yu Chang coming out of nowhere getting 850K for a, a spot on the active team. Because uh, what was he? He was last year, I think he was on Cleveland and then Pittsburgh. And then, then Boston. Tampa. And then was he Tampa too? Yeah. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so he's on like four teams last year, and then this offseason wasn't smooth sailing for him. So shall you change? That also leads me to um the Red Sox bench we were talking about. Um, you know, who's gonna be like, is it Duran? Is it Tapia? I want the way I look at the roster is there's gonna be four bench spots available. Would you guys agree with that? One of them is going to go to Connor Wong. So that's yep. one of them, right? Mondesi is going to start the year on the IL. Mm-hmm. I would say one of them does go to Yu Chang. Has, has to be Yu Chang because DFA immediately. 
And then I think I think that's where it gets sort of interesting because the last one or third one Ref is going Snyder. to be Ref Snyder's getting a spot, guaranteed. Re- 100% guaranteed. So I think those three guys are one pretty spot. set. And then the last spot is one more. So I think it's going to be either one, it will be Monacy when it's back, when he's back. So whoever gets a spot, it's just going to be placement until Monacy gets back. Um, I think I would, would you guys be shocked if it was Dahlbeck? Nope, not at all. I, I, I think it's probably more likely that it's Dahlbeck than it is Duran or Tapia. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I think that there are, if we're realistically looking at this, there are about four to five options. Oh, 100%. You got Tapia. This is all for the one spot, one spot, and you, you're you basically going against Chang f- t- to stay when, when Modesty comes back. You've got Tapia, Duran, Alfaro. Uh, they're not going to hold three catchers. Dahlbeck, Valdez, who I think actually has a, has a very slim chance to make the team. And then maybe a guy like Alfaro or so I was gonna, I was going to add Nico Goodrum to that list. I didn't realize he's not on the forty man. He's not. He's not. I didn't. I didn't realize that. He's bad. Yeah, he's really I, I would have thought he would have a a higher chance. But then you know how I <laughs> um I'm gonna, I'm going to butcher this name, but Why Weiler Abreu making the jump from Double A. He's someone to look out for. He's good. I like him more than ever than Valdez personally. His mm-hmm. walk rates are absurd. I'm not so high on Emmanuel. He's I on the other hand, I kind of like Valdez a lot. I, I like his swing. I kind of he kind of reminds you know the swing reminds me of Juan Soto, and I know a lot of people are saying that. I but agree. It's true. That's true. You know, he with that front leg being in more. I don't know. And he roped a double. Yeah, yesterday I want to say. I don't he did. know. He did. He's putting some good swings in the ball. And last year, a guy, he's no chance, no chance of making the team. Last year, I wanted Fitzy up badly. Yeah. Um, what's his name? What's his name? The, the 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 little guy from the White Sox who came and played like a lot of games at second. Last Madrigal? year. Who? No, 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 no. Who is it? Is from wait, wait, say describe him again. He's like a short, like he's probably like five eight with glasses. Oh, uh, Yomer Sanchez. Yomer Sanchez got so many at bats, hitting like one thirty. I'm like, bring up Fitzy, bring up, bring up the guys. But Fitzy wasn't on the forty man, I guess. But they could have D- DFA Yomer so quickly. Um, but I think that like, if I had to go with a guy, my preference is Dahlbeck, and I think Dahlbeck will get it because you need a backup first baseman. Turner's not gonna. I don't want Turner on the field at all, personally. Um, I, I, I agree. I think every now and then it'll be good to get a day off. Um, and then I also think, uh, Joey and, and Chuck, you guys prospect guys. Yep. Okay. So I'm, I'm a pretty big prospect guy myself. And I think, um, you know, if you're looking at like the, the guys who have a legit shot from the, you know, the prospect list of guys who can make the jump to the big leagues this year. I'm really excited for Rafaela. Obviously, he's like the one that everyone's been talking about. Miguel Blaze has just been like that. Has been like that. How much he's getting talked about is just like so exciting to watch. Um, but you know, wouldn't be wouldn't be you know against seeing because at some point all these guys are going to be up with injuries and it's going to be Abreu, Rafaela, and then maybe like a David Hamilton kind of guy and Valdez. David Hamilton is. The fastest man so fast. ever. 
he has a noodle bat. <laughs> he cannot hit at all. I mean, like he's like reminds me a little bit of Duran with even less hitting and better speed. Like he played 119 games last year at 70 bags. That's ridiculous. He has 122 stolen bases in two years. He's such a funny looking guy too. I want to see. I f- I want him on my team for whatever reason. Let me see. I mean, he just looks, he just looks so friendly. Like this guy's gonna steal seventy bags every year. Like that guy would not care if Tristan Casas painted his nails red. <laughs> Tristan Casas, man, I I'm he's got a, again, he's another guy that needs a big season, like. We need him so there's so many guys that we need to break out so badly because yep. otherwise it's just gonna be a disaster because we don't have a ton of I feel like we don't have a ton of offensive depth this year, especially in middle infield. Like one guy goes down after this, you've got Yu Chang legitimately starting. Like Arroyo, he's gonna pull something at one point and it's gonna be Yu Chang for like a week. And we're gonna have to deal with it. Do we know when uh Modesty will come back though? Could be soon. It could be like a couple weeks into the season. I don't think that's going to be a long term thing. I don't expect it to be long term. I, I I would put it probably like three four weeks. Perfect. I think we talked about this. We we gotta. We should probably end in a couple. We're we're at like an hour twenty. But Mondesi again. We did talk about this last episode. That Royals trade, underrated move. Yep. If Mondesi oh, has right. a healthy season, I think. He, I think I think Mondesi could put up some absolute. Dog numbers. Charlie has crazy projections for Alberto Mondesi. Like, I personally love the guy. I don't know. I think if he has a full season, he could steal upwards to forty-five bags and hit two two seventy-five. But I'll be very happy with that. Okay, because the first time, the first time we talked about, you're like, he's going three hundred with twenty-five bombs. You were like so excited about Mondesi. He, I mean, and well, maybe not three hundred, but he's got he's got power enough to you know get it over the wall and, and left. I, I I think he can hit. Uh, he could hit righties very well as a lefty hitter. Uh, he could pull switch. it down the pesky. Switch hitter. He is a switcher, yeah. So he he could he he can uh I don't know. I think he's got pop like and and very low key pop. Nobody knows about it. I don't know. I love when they have that low key pop. That just wait, wait, just wait. Like, if you, for Kansas City, he was someone that like they were kind of waiting on to break out, kind of like. Kind of similar to Verdugo, right? Like they're mm. kind of waiting for yep. the breakout, and it just never happened. So that being said, though, I mean, I mean, Verdugo, you know, he had he's had healthy seasons consistently. You know, Alberto Mondesi, on the other hand, he he's only well, played well. Verdugo's been playing through his injuries, according to his brother. Well, yeah, but that that's neither here nor there. But that being said. It, we just need to give Montesi a chance, and when when he does have a full season, no, he'll, he'll get his chance, right? And I don't know, I Joey, what's a give me like a basic stat line, Montesi? What's a what's a successful year for you? Give me average and stolen bases and homers. Successful year, you know, this is what I want from him. This is what I and this is what I would like project from him. Two forty, eight home runs. Like very good defense, like like elite, like like eight defensive runs saved, five outs above average, and he has twenty backs. That would be a okay. A so we were we were actually very close on that. I said two. Uh, my was going to be two fifty, twenty bags, and then somewhere between eight to ten homers. 
we, we're on the same wavelength. There we go. Catch up, I, I guess I'll just be the odd man out here. I'm no, and then I, I, to be like Mondesi's arm strength a little bit concerns me. If Kike does a very good job of shortstop, because I'm pretty confident in Kike right now. Would you? How would you guys feel about moving Mondesi to second and Kike every day short? I'd feel a lot. I actually feel really good with that. But then, so what would happen? What would happen when Trevor Story comes back? Where Where would you put him? I'm not expecting Story to come back this year, but we'll 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 cross. That'll be a good problem to have. Yeah, Story needs to. I think Story's back in July. I think really. Yeah, I, I think, like, I think that the Red Sox. If he, they're pretty transparent about injuries like this, I feel like, like you know, when a guy's going to be out for a while, I think that there is story has to come back this year, or we would have heard Tommy. Has John. the Red Sox medical staff done anything in the past two years to make you guys feel confident? No, no. I, I think I feel like it's going to be one of those like James Paxton situations where it's like, oh, he's going to be back at the break. He'll be back at the break. Oh, he'll be back in August. Uh, when the playoffs come, he'll be ready to go. Like he's barely going to be ready for this year. I, I, we gotta Paxton. Like his health is so good. Like we're gonna slide him in and expect him to throw 150 innings. We're not gonna get Paxton. First of all, I'm surprised he opted in. I was happy when he opted in. Like, yeah, that was a horrible piece of advice by Boris. He wanted to focus what? on the big contracts. Like he could have gotten, he could have gotten like a prove it deal. Like again, Strom just bringing this up. Worst contract of the off season. Seven, uh, two years, seven and a half million a year is insane. Paxton easily could have gotten somewhere in that ballpark, just marketing himself as a reliever. Um, like a guy like Seth Lugo, a guy that can start and relieve. Like Paxton for three or four million, whatever it is, that's a that's a steal. I don't care if he is good. Like just be here. Make me feel better about our pitching depth, which we haven't had in years. But you know, Charlie, I want to I want to hear if you had to. Are you going with Hauk in the rotation at all? Like, I was just thinking about Hauk. Like, does he have the rotation stuff? Personally, I mean, I think our rotation, I mean, like Nick said earlier, we we already went through the five guys that, that we thought would start. And I, I, I agree with that list. I think Hauk is a bullpen guy. I don't think he's a closer. I think he's a middle relief, maybe right after the starter. But he could lock the – I feel like if he shoves this year out of the pen – uh, he'd probably stay in the pen for the rest of his, you know, for the remaining years. But if he struggles, maybe try to start him out as a starter, see see how he does. Because the dude's got skill. The dude, you know, he throws a wipeout slider. Fastball's upwards to, what, 95, you know, 96 as he could top. And then, and then that changeup. He has enough to be a starter, but I still like him in the bullpen just to start. The one thing about Hauk that made me so mad last year is we were playing a bunch of big games in Toronto. This is when the season wasn't like lost and he wasn't vaxxed. And so yeah. he didn't go up and we just had no bullpen. And I was just so mad. I was like, how do whatever you want, but just like when you're not getting vet, I'm not going to get all political on here, but if you're not getting vaxxed to like, and this is like, it's, it's like actively like hurting your team big time. Cause he was our one closer. John Schreiber's arm probably fell off in Toronto and is still there because he threw so many innings. Again, John, I feel like he had a I feel like he had a nickname, but now I'm forgetting it. But Johnny, Johnny Baseball. Who's this? John Schreiber. I feel like he had a nickname. Someone had a nickname for him. It might have been it might have been Carabas. But I'm not the only nickname I remember from last year was Dipship Danish. 
<laughs> oh, Danish was horrible. Are are you are you trying to find a are you trying to find a Schreiber nickname? Yes. <laughs> I swear he had a nickname. And it was it was it was hype too. I liked it. Mr. Automatic, is that it? Ooh. Something like that. He was automatic for a while. Listen, the season's gonna come. We'll we'll, we'll have some good nicknames going. Yeah, so guys, that'll uh, I think that that'll do it for today. We've been uh like doubled our last time on the podcast with Zoom Premium here. So uh got a lot of spring training, Tristan Costas and Nails, quick Noah song rant, which was pretty entertaining. Um but yeah, guys, episode two in the books. Uh we'll have this out to you guys in a in a day or so, and then episode three will probably come in the next in the next couple weeks. Uh Sox play tomorrow, which is exciting. And uh, 105 Eastern Standard. 105 Eastern Standard. Red Sox have not lost a game in 2023. So tune in. We had a Sox tie, Celtics win, Heels win, Bruins win. So goalie scored a goal. Goal, yeah. All marks scored the goal. First time in like years. But thank you guys so much for listening. This is out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SoxFanPod, Instagram at SoxFanPod. We're SoxFanPod. Thank you guys.